compose these lines to find the peace within me by chance that I can reach you. Brief you on the plots and schemes intended for you. You are more valuable than you think. And to think that you are oblivious to this hence at the fact that we need help. Assistance. To assist us out of the vanity room because queen, your blush is just right. And the highlights in your weave is tight, but what about your station of life? The plights of your enemies, are they in clear sight? Or do you even know who they are? And king, the chrome and the rims spin and gleam, but what about your being? Being the fact that you're deemed to be fiend out, broke down on the corner, locked down in a cell or stretched out for the coroner, Damn, our mothers has mourned too much for our aspirations to touch plush cars and such. Haven't they suffered enough? Raising us alone, making bread from stone and our daddies was hardly home. So this prose is intended to strengthen those opposed most their lives. Spitting life with these lines Reminding us of a time when our minds were free. Longing for the time when our bodies can follow suit and coexist at the same time. This is the reasoning in my rhyme. And the reason why I'm a scribe, poet, artist. Say what you wish, but witness this before God. These scars bear the marks of hard living. And this pen is intended to uplift my people still in it. Before I'm finished breathing the air of the most high, let me die completed. Knowing that I defeated the evil of my own demons. But above that, just know that every drop of ink that stained these pages are adjacent to my heart. So when I tell you I love you. It's not superficial or conditional of what you can bring. It's because I love you. And I'm a poet. And poets love hard. Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and lewd advances got us here. You are listening to... Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here. 
Spoken Soul family, what's good? We got another dope show lined up for you guys today. I hope, I hope you're on your path today. I hope you're not allowing anyone or anything to impede your progress. I hope you focus on the goal. Today is the day we shine. Know today that you are validated. So be ready. There's work to do. Spoken Soul family, we got another dope show lined up for you guys today. And today, I thought we'd take it back. And we talk about the purpose of writing. The purpose of writing. So the reason why I write. And uh, before we get into the show, we just make a couple of announcements. We got a couple of announcements we want to make. Uh, as you guys know, I've been talking about it for the, the past few weeks. You know, we got some changes going on with the show. You know, I'm, I'm working on bringing a co-host, uh, a permanent co-host for the Tuesday show. You know, my brother written in pain. Uh, I'm working on making that happen. You know, so the Tuesday show, you know, it will be, you know, a little bit more going on, you know, and uh, we're going to see where it goes. And uh, we got also we have, you know, we started doing spoken soul sessions on Clubhouse. And if you guys have been tuning in for the for the past, uh, I think we were, we're on week maybe number seven right now. And um, the show has been doing exceptionally well. I mean, so many different artists come to the platform every week. Looking forward to the platform and um, myself and Written in Pain, you know, I'm not patting us on the back and anything like that, but I think we're doing a good job and I think we're resonating with the people over there on Clubhouse. So I want you guys, you know, if you are an, an avid listener of the show to come on over to Clubhouse because this is where I can actually engage with the audience you know is a way where i can actually you know we can actually touch base we can we can converse we can you know what i'm saying we can engage so it's the purpose of bringing it to clubhouse because it's a more you know a universal platform where a lot of different people can get on from all over the country so you know i think it's important to engage with the listeners so that show has been doing great so on clubhouse we're over there on wednesdays uh wednesdays at 10 p.m and then we do 9 p.m every saturday with iron sharpens iron iron sharpens iron is a show where you come to the platform you spit your piece and myself and written in pain we will rate your piece you know you know just discuss the piece a little bit and give you good pointers if there's any to be given of how you can perform the poem better, how you can deliver the poem better. The platform is pretty much basically uh, dedicated to, you know, helping people develop their craft, helping people perfect their craft. So you have a poem come through. We're not breaking people down. We're giving constructive criticism, you know, and um, ways to make the your poem or your just you being a better poet just being better and um it's iron sharpens iron so you know we giving real feedback you know we're not sugarcoating but we're not breaking you down 
either so you guys check that out that's every saturday 9 p.m eastern standard time you know and um the show's been going great man great great show so you guys tune in for that so with that being said you know uh with some new things that we want to do around on the show i want to i want to i want to you know develop a lot of the things that you know that we're doing as a group as a collective the composition and uh bring it to the podcast you know and, and being able to share it with the uh with the people you know and i think it's i think it's been doing good so far so uh getting back to the topic you know why i write what's the purpose of why you write and i think at times you know if we ask ourselves this question you know before we sit down to do a piece before we sit down the way we approach a piece is everything you know when you sit down and you get inspired to write a piece you know the first thing you want to do is you want to kind of gauge or you want to know what's the overall sentiment of the poem what do you want to express what do you want the listener to get from the poem if you're looking at the poem as an offering you're offering your words. You, you, you're constructing your words and, and you're offering them up to the public, the people, your listeners, and say, yo, this is my contribution to the spoken word or to, to poetry. So looking at it in a, at that approach and saying, yo, this is an offering that I'm offering to you. You know, your time is valuable. You know, my time is valuable. But I put this, I, I constructed these words and, I, and I'm giving them to you. So if you approach the poem like that, you're going to approach that poem with that type of intensity because you're not wasting your time. You just don't want to be just wasting your time. And me personally, like I'm an individual who I don't I don't vainly write. You would rarely hear me write about something just vain, just being vain, like swagger pieces. I got a couple of swagger pieces, but. You know, that's not really my aim. Those like those things like my throwaways or, you know, what I'm saying when I'm just want to flex my pen and all that and just, you know, that's one thing. But I like to write with purpose. There's always an underlying message in my work from any poem that that you guys have ever heard me spit, whether it had a, a comedic type of uh, um, undertone to it, whether it was a love poem, whether it was a, a conscious poem or even an erotic poem, it always have an underlying message with it. I always write with a purpose. So I think in essence, we all write with that purpose, but I don't think we we prioritize that purpose all equally the same and i think other people prior taught prioritize other aspects of writing over you know the the purpose of it or the the the, the underlying message of the poem you know like I, I believe we all have a message to our poetry but sometimes we you know some people prioritize other things more than that like like my wordplay like an individual be like okay my wordplay you know what i'm saying i'm more i'm more you know, concern with, you know, my wordplay in the piece as opposed to if I'm, I'm well, am, am I concerned with the overall message? Like, oh, okay, I don't really care how many people I inspire. I just want to sound slick while I'm spitting. So you got different styles of writing. You have different people at different levels in their writing. 
So all this, all this, you know, it it, it, it plays, you know what I'm saying? It, all of these things are variables that that play a part. They all play a part. But for me personally, my overall aim is to come and write with purpose. So you would find a lot of my poetry is it's overtly, it's right there. There's nothing covert about it. The message is right in your face because that's this is the reason why I write like that. You know, and other people are different. So when you approach your piece, understand the sentiment you want people to walk away with. Understand that you have listeners. You're not writing this for yourself. For some people, they do. You know, but if you if you if you're an, uh, a performance artist, you're writing to entertain. You're writing to perform. You know, you, you're delivering this to the people. This is not something that's going to be in a notebook. You know, like a diary or something or a journal. It, this is something that you that you're going to share with people. So when you do that, approach it with that same type of intensity. The same intensity when you write the piece, try to have that same intensity when you're delivering the piece. No matter where you're at, whether you're delivering it on stage, where you're delivering it online, if you're on the online show, whatever the case may be. When you deliver that poem, understand that overall sentiment that you had when you wrote the piece and try to convey that when when you're delivering that piece. You know, so for me, I wanted to talk about you know, the purpose of writing, that there should be a purpose. There should be some form of purpose in your writing. There should be some form of, you know, you know, I'm following you. You should be leading me somewhere. You know, like if somebody came up to you and said, yo, follow me. And then you say, all right, I'm gonna follow you. And you following the person And then after about 10 minutes Of you following them You realize that you're going in a circle At some point in time You're going to say hold up Yo, what, are, what are we doing I thought it was, a, it, was a, it was a reason Why I was following you That you was leading me somewhere But you're leading me around in a circle We've passed by this same mark four times And we're going around in a, in a complete circle You dig So you're going to say something about that Approach that same idea in, in in the aspect of writing. You know, you're leading somebody to something. You, you, you're bringing someone's attention to something, you know, and your job as a writer, you know, is to is to, del- is to deliver it in a way where they can digest it, whether they can resonate with it, you know, where they can benefit from what you're giving them. So as a writer, as a writer, you know, we have to sometimes check, check ourselves, check ourselves, because whether a person knows this or not or understands this or not, words are alive, words are real. There's a there's a power in spoken word. And with any power, with any power. There's a responsibility attached to it. Any power. When you're responsible, when anything is 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 deposed in your lot, where you're, you know, what I mean, you're the person, you know, that's responsible for what happens in this area, this section, or whatever the case may be. You have to be responsible. You have to be accountable. So understanding 
that you're writing, approaching your writing like this, that you have to be accountable for what you inspire people to do. There's a there's an underlying accountability there. Like you see rappers, when you look at rappers, you got some rappers who are very successful. They make a lot of money. But then you key in on their lyrics and you and you hear their lyrics. And then you see, okay, their lyrics is mainly about killing people or, you know, the destruction of the community, you know, uh, defiling the women, all oh, the bitches and hoes and glorifying money and things of that nature. It's a price. It's a price. It's a trade-off, you know? Like, people look at it, oh, I'm just constructing these words. I'm constructing these words, and um, I'm getting paid for it. And, you know, when you look at it, you know, ideally, you'd be like, okay, this is a good job. This is a this is a great gig. You know, I think of words, put them together. People listen to my words, and they pay me for them. It sounds like a good... A, a good gig you know but with every gig there's always drawbacks there's always drawbacks and 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 the drawback in the music industry and this is why I'm a proud advocate of of spoken word as an alternative as an alternative for the music that inspire our community to to destroy itself you know you will have spoken word you know, to fill that void because people want to be entertained. There's nothing wrong. It's, it's natural. It's natural. Uh, the way the society is ran, you know, people want to be amused. They want to be entertained. This is a, an entertainment driven society where everything is based on entertainment. People want to lose themselves. People don't want to remember the, the, the everyday reality of living. So they, they turn to entertainment, they turn to gossip, they turn to, you know, social media, they turn to these things to di to divert their attention from dealing with real problems. Spoken word can be very entertaining. But one thing about spoken word, it gives you a benefit, you know, is a benefit. There's a byproduct of, of spoken word that is going to make you become aware. It's going to make you become aware because poets are very, uh, you know, they're very social, socially conscious. They, 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 they got an outlook or view about the society and you're going to hear it in their poetry. So like any other view, you hear a person's views, you know, if you're a person of thought, you're a person, a thinking individual, you're going to you're going to ponder on it. You're going to ponder on what someone else proclaimed or a question someone had you're gonna you're gonna think about these things so when you bring it back into like the hip-hop world like gangster rap or you know that type of music that that that's geared towards destroying our communities you know you may not look at it off rip that you're gonna have a whole bunch of women you're gonna have a whole bunch of mothers and fathers attending funerals because of the music that's being inspired the 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 mute the, the the emotion that's being inspired by this particular music some people are going to be affected by it it's going to take lives so a person would say okay i'm not doing nothing wrong i'm a, i'm a poet or i'm an artist and, I, and, I'm, and i'm creating art and uh 
it's only entertainment. People ain't got to what you call, but you don't get off that easy because words inspire. Words are alive. There's a power to spoken word. If you have a child, if you have a child that that you speak negatively to, you demean this child, you you always cursing this child. You tell this child they ain't nothing. They they're not going to do nothing with their life. They're stupid. They they're not going to they're not going to be able to, to 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 make it in the real world. And you curse this child day in day out in the in the prime time where this child is very impressionable. What's going to happen is you're going to you're going to really mess this child up with your words. With your words, it's not a physical abuse, but you're verbally abusing this child and this power of the word, the spoken word of you speaking negatively in this child is going to affect the child. So as we know from many different instances how the power of spoken word inspire people and you can use this power for good. You can use this power for, for evil. Take it to a comic book. There's always a villain and there's always the hero. The villain got powers and the hero got powers. You know? What the villain do with his powers, he said, I want to do evil with my powers. And what the hero do with his powers, I'm going to protect the people with my powers. We all have a choice. We have a choice. We have a choice on what we want to uh we want to ingest we have a choice of what we want to accept for for ourselves you know and acceptance is a big part of who we are a lot of people become content and complacent with who they are because they've made it up they've made it up in their mind that they accept whatever fate that's attached to what they what, what they have this acceptance to They've come to realization that, oh, this is me. I'm settling. You know, it is what it is. And that's the, that's, it's, it's another power, the power of the spoken word. You know what I'm saying? Because you can speak yourself into a different type of reality. This is the power of God. This is the God power. I'm not talking about religious constructs. I'm talking about the God power, the power of God that you possess, that you have the ability to conjure, that you have the ability to enact this power of God. It's a good God power, you know, and understanding that, understanding that, understanding that you have this ability given to you by the creator the divine, whatever you want to call it, you know, is given to you and you have to take advantage of it. But at no circumstances could you say that, oh, just because, you know, things ain't going your way. Oh, it's all bullshit now. Or because you're getting the shitty end of the stick and you don't want to apply yourself. Oh, this is all bullshit. No. It is what it is. If you have a recipe and you follow the recipe exactly You're going to get the product That the recipe is calling for Now the thing that will determine Whether that recipe come out as a success Or a failure Is your understanding of the recipe 
your understanding of the directions, your understanding of the different elements behind the actual recipe. If a recipe telling you to make to make pie crust, right? And it says take cold butter, take cold butter and chop cold butter up in flour. And you say, yo, man, this butter ain't got to be cold. I'm going to take some room temperature butter and do the same thing and get the same result. No, you won't. You won't get the same result. You know, so it's the understanding about following the instructions and understanding what everything is doing is going to give you mastery over the recipe. But any individual, any individual can pretty much, you know, follow a recipe. It's about understanding and knowing. So when we look at we look at, you know, the, the, the things that's going on in our community you know, that stem directly from the words we listen to on repeat, the words we listen to on a daily basis. When people come up with these hooks, they come up with hooks, they come up with little songs, little jingles. You know that they're very powerful. It's the power of suggestion. You know, that's why you see these big multi-billion dollar, you know, companies, they spend millions and millions of dollars into marketing. Commercials. You would think about, oh, this person spent just spent seven million dollars for a 30 second commercial. And you like, why is, why is way too much money? No, because in this commercial, they got a whole bunch of suggestive things that's in the commercial that's causing their business to grow. It's all about suggestion. That's the reason why you will find that they don't want to they don't want the poet to be in that situation. They don't want the poet to be uh, 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 an, indiv an individual that got fans like Beyonce. That got fans like Jay-Z coming, coming, coming into stadiums, paying top dollar to hear poems. Because when you have a demand like this, now the people are awake. The people are aware. You can't dumb these people down. Now you got some artists that try to navigate in between this because they have a, they have a, a, a they have a, a certain type of allegiance, you know, to themselves, but they still want to make it in the industry. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of artists that flirt. You know what I'm saying? They won't go full retard. They won't go full. You know, they wouldn't go for, I ain't gonna say full retard. That's, that's probably, that's probably offensive, but well, they wouldn't say they wouldn't go, you know, full all out. They wouldn't go full all out. But when you look at it, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, we gotta just understand us, you know, you know, the things that we attach to ourselves and we listen to have a, an effect on our being daily like the th the way we think of ourselves you know we, we when you got an individual who think of themselves as being i ain't shit yo i ain't shit nigga you got some dudes that would say that you know but when you say things like this you know the universe don't know the difference between you know when you calling shit to yourself but I ain't never got no money. Yo, I ain't never got no money. And then the, your reality is that you never got no money. And you're thinking like, damn, oh, woe is me. But you're thinking 
can change your whole reality by you saying that I'm going to get some money or I have money. I just didn't touch it yet. Or, you know what I'm saying? Saying different things and affirming different things as opposed to negative things, negative affirmations about yourself. You always want to have positive affirmations about yourself. You know, talk, talk about yourself in a positive light, you know? And if you're not there, you, you, you're talking in the light of aspiring to get there. It's very important. So I think it's important for all of us, you know, I think it's a, it's an underwritten rule as poets that we have to be aware. We have to be aware and we have to make people aware. We have to make the masses aware of what's going on, whoever we can touch. We have to make them aware. And any way we choose to do that, you know, that that that's the thing that makes us poets. You know, the expression of that, how we're going to deliver that sentiment is what makes you a poet. Like we all have the job. We have the job. We have that duty, that responsibility to make each other aware, to bring awareness to each other. You know, pull each other's coattail, be like, yo, look, yo, I don't know if you know, but this right here is going on over here, man, right by you. You probably want to move from that. You know, having that, having that understanding that we're all in it together. You know, so our writing, our writing should be, you know, it should be a form of, you know, it can be a form of therapy for, for, for us, but it should be something that we do to make people aware. And if we understand that, you wouldn't find too many people, you know, having poems is just superficial about nothing. You know, like how many ways can you say that you're dope? Like I did an interview with um, Ngoma Hill. Baba Ngoma, I did a, an interview with him on the Spoken Souls on the, on the, on the podcast, and he has said something. And since he said it, it resonated with me. It stayed with me, you know. And I asked him, you know, the reason of why he wrote, and he was he said it bluntly. He said it very bluntly. You guys go back and check that interview. But he was like, I don't write, I don't write to entertain you. I'm not writing to entertain you. You know, I'm writing. See, I'm writing to, to make you aware. I'm writing to teach you. I'm using this platform to reach as many people as I can, as, as many people as I can reach. I, I, I'm doing this for a purpose. Now, if you enjoy, if you enjoy you know, my style of writing, my music or anything of that nature, that's a whole different point. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole different thing. But my aim, you know, is to is to write to bring that awareness. So in listening to the to to, to the great Nagoma Hill, man, I'm, I was listening and I know he's an elder in our community. He's been through a lot. He's dedicated many of the many of the years of his life 
you know, to the spoken word. You know, I believe in Gomez in his 70s now. And um, he's, I mean, he's, oh, man. You know, his contribution is just, damn. And for him to say that, it inspires me to be like, yo, I have that duty as well. I have that duty to to inspire people, you know? And um, overall, I want to inspire people to good. I want to inspire, I want to inspire people to change. And if we all have that sentiment, you know, and not just the writers, when it comes so infectious that even the listeners, you know, I don't want to listen to nothing that's going to demean me. I don't want to listen to something that's going to cause destruction to me. But we don't look at it like that. We don't look at it sounds good. The same reason why people smoke cigarettes. Like when you you smoking cigarettes and you like yo you you understand all the harm that it can it can it can bring to you or it will bring to you. You understand the harm in it. But you still do it because you find some form of pleasure in it. And then you find an individual who has the discipline enough to say, okay, I don't want this harm for myself, so I'm going to quit. And initially, if you ever quit smoking, because I quit smoking cigarettes about maybe, I want to say, uh, 30 years ago, something like that, maybe 30, you know, I, I was smoking when I was young. When I was like 15, I was smoking cigarettes. You know, and um, I stopped smoking when I was about maybe I want to say maybe 18 and 19 years old. I said, I'm not smoking these cigarettes no more. And I stopped. So, you know, it's been a minute since I stopped. Maybe not maybe not 30 years, but maybe like 20 something years, you know, but I don't. But I look at a cigarette now and I'll be like, ah, I couldn't see myself smoking a cigarette, you know. But it was a time when I initially stopped smoking I used to get those urges. You seeing other people smoke, you like, yeah, I want to be down smoking cigarette, man. You know, you find some type of pleasure in it, even though the thing that you're finding pleasure in is hurtful and harmful to you. But you still find that pleasure. But there's a withdrawal that that takes place when you're weaning yourself off of it. And when you finally wean yourself off of it and you say, yo, I'm off them cigarettes, I ain't got that urge no more. I'm never going back. And you like, yeah, you feel good. The same way with music. We have to understand that everything that you ingest, anything that you ingest that's poisonous is going to harm you. A lot of times we look at poison in regards to something that we ingest orally or we ingest it, you know, we we eat it. We consume it in that in that fashion and we feel like, oh, it will destroy our body. So we we look at things like music and, and things like that as being, oh, this is just something that we can just do. No, it's something that you ingest in. It's going inside of you. You're listening with your ears. Your ears are portals. The, 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 the sound, the frequency, all that you're listening to it is going to your brain. It's affecting you. It's affecting you on a whole different level, but it's still affecting you. And you have to understand that you have some people who are very, you know, health conscious with their diet. 
or I'm all keto, or I'm not going to eat no carbs, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And you got different types of people that stay strictly to their diet. But then on another aspect, their diet for the consumption that they consume of, of like music and shit like that, the stuff that they listen to is like way harmful. It's harmful to their, to their overall, you know, being. It's harmful. Like the way they think about themselves is it stems from the music they listen to. You got some individual who like like I give you an example, like an emo, you know, person who in that emo phase and everything is emo, emo, emo. They listening to emo. They they wearing dark clothes. They wearing black nail polish. Everything is always down and low. Then you're purposely putting yourself in that zone, that frequency. So everything that comes to you is going to be coming from that low frequency because you attached yourself to it. You plugged into it, plugged yourself into it. So you have to understand everything that you take in is going to affect you. It can have a positive effect and it can have a negative effect. And we have to be wise enough, understanding enough to know that, all right, I got to I got to do things in moderation. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody like to shake their ass. No, ain't nothing wrong with you. You want to listen to a nice song and all that. And you want to get in the groove, time and place for everything. But understand and know that, you know, certain things that you listen to, that you that you develop desires for. Some things people develop desires for. They deliver, they de- um develop a taste for it. You know what I'm saying? When you look at when you look at drug addicts. You know what I'm saying? You would think about it. A person, a person who smokes weed, a person who smokes weed would be like, okay, I love the way weed make me feel when I'm I'm nice and I'm chill and all that. So a person who's who've never smoked crack <laughs> would would say, yo, damn, man, you just can't just smoke a joint and be good. Why you gotta chase that rock for? You don't even understand. You can't even comprehend it. You can't even comprehend it. High is not high. But the way that you consume, like a person who consumes weed, you would see his overall disposition as opposed to an individual who consumes crack. Both would be considered, okay, this is this is a substance that's that's altering your state of being. But one of them have two total different effects on the person. You see it. You know what I mean? You really see it. So it, it, it plays a part. So understand that when when you're dealing with certain like you, you you're a person that's trying to grow you're trying to develop you have to pay attention to the details and everything everything plays a part in your cultivation and your writing is one of those things challenge yourself to have an overall theme of your writing because a person that just writes about themselves all day long I mean, I would think it's a little bit narcissistic, you know, like it should be it should be something that inspire you, something, something that you see in in, in the world that you're discontent about. And and you want to you want to, you know, bring attention or bring awareness to it. So, I mean, it's, it's just it's just for me. The type of writer that I am, the type of poet that I am, I just I always want to leave my audience, my listener with something that 
they can either resonate with or something that they can they can now say well i'm aware of this now i can pay attention to it and i can grow from this you know i want you to be better listening to my poems after you know a better person i want i want i want you to be touched in a way that you weren't touched before you read this poem and i think we should approach our words like this approach the art form like this and when you do you're gonna produce you know you're gonna produce better work you're gonna produce better work you're gonna produce you know a type of work where you're gonna be like okay uh you know a lot of people resonate with what i do i get a lot of people saying yo oh look um Yo, this poem you spit right here, man, it really touched me, man. I was going through some things and, you know, it really touched me. Like, I give you guys a quick story. I remember one time I was performing, uh, I believe it was an open mic. It was an open mic. I believe this was a Mike Geffner open mic, if I'm not mistaken, at the 101. If any poets in New York, you guys know about this spot. It was a nice spot, man. Dope spot, dope platform. And uh, I went there one day and I said, I'm going to spit on the open mic. And my CD had just came out at the time. This was my debut album. And I was really trying to promote my CD. So I'm hitting open mic spots and I'm and I got a bag full of CDs. Y'all know the routine. I got a bag full of CDs. I'm selling them. You know, I'm trying to get my work out there. So I, they called me up to the stage and I do this poem that's on my first album. It's called The Ride With My Father. So I'm like, okay, this audience is not a, a audience where I usually do poetry. It's a, it's a more diverse crowd, you know? So I said, I'm going to do this poem around with my father. I'm going to see how it play with this crowd. So I get into the poem. I really get into it and I do it. So at the end of my, at the end of my set or at the end of my poem, my performance, I plug myself and like, Yo, look, my name is Poetic Black. I got CDs available if you guys want to um, purchase a CD, you know, come see me on the side over here, whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, so after the show was done, these individuals, it was, a, it was a whole bunch of different individuals came trying to purchase a CD. But this one individual and me and him became good friends after this, you know, and it, it shows you how the power of spoken word. So it's so powerful. Well, anyway. He came up to me, right? And I didn't know this guy at the time. And he was like, he said, let me ask you, you selling your CD? He's like, yeah. I said, yeah. Um, he said, is the poem that you recited on that CD? And I was like, yes, it is. I was like, this poem is on that CD. And um, matter of fact, it's a better even is a better version of it because it's a studio version because I got music to the back and all that. I got a background track and all that. So it's, it's a more, you know, a more performed piece. It's performed from a, a deeper level on the track. So he's like, say no more. Let me get it. But he had tears in his eyes. And he was like, this poem, man, he said, this poem right here. He said, it made me think about my father. It really made me think about my father and the things you were saying in this poem. I don't, he's, I don't even know you. He's like, but it's so many different points that you had in this poem that I resonated with, with my father. 
you know, and he said, yo, this is a powerful piece. Thank you, man. And after that, because he was in he was into arts, he do he do um like graffiti and things of that nature. Very dope, talented artist. He's an artist. And um the brother name is Tattoo. Deep brother, man. And he's a poet as well. He's also a poet. And me meeting the brother, you know, he bought my CD, and then after that, he he get commissioned to do a lot of different events i didn't know this at the time but he do a lot of different events for the youth all out through the throughout the city you know he do like teaching kids how to do graffiti teaching kids about art drawing things of that nature and he do a lot of uh, community-based events where he have a lot of performances so in me meeting him and he was plugged into a big time like company so me meeting him he would call me he was like yo black yo I, i i need a poet for this this event I need a poem for this event. I only need one poem. You know what I'm saying? The, the job is paying blah, 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 blah. Got you. I'm there. You know, a lot of money. A lot of money. Networking with this brother, man. I got mad love for Tattoo, man. And um, and he, what you call it, man. He will always call me out, man. Big events. Big events. Yo, black, man. I need, a, I need a poet, man. I got the budget of blah, 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 blah. I just need one poem. You know? on a consistent basis so it 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 shows you how you know how words can touch people is one how you can develop these different relationships from the power of spoken words positive words you know taking a negative uh a negative situation putting a positive spin on it you know solving the problem or just even just verbalizing the problem so other people can know that you got that same type of problem it's therapeutic it's healing it's something that we do to heal each other it's something that we do to uplift each other so while doing it we should approach it with a a certain type of sincerity we should approach it With a certain type of Love and care That I'm not just going to put anything out there Now there's nothing wrong with swagging There's nothing wrong with talking about You know what I'm saying You want to talk about how dope your pen is There's nothing wrong with that At the end of the day You know as poets I don't want us to be just like them And when I say us and them, you know, you have people like you got the villain and you got the hero. You know what I'm saying? The villain is going to do whatever you want to do. But the hero is going to stay on a certain path and say, yo, look, the overall good is this. So this is what I'm compelled to do. I'm bound to do this. And I think when you walk this road, when you walk the road of being being an a person who 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 inspire you know a person who inspire when you are a person of inspiration a person who go out there and inspire people i think you have a duty you have a duty you have a responsibility whether you know this responsibility or not you're not absolved from it you're not absolved from it 
and and the way things work, you know, shit got to balance out. It got to balance out. So you see a lot of times in the industry, the so-called industry, you see individuals who the people outside the industry would say that, yo, man, these people are living good. These people got money. They got dope cars and all that. But you see an artist kill themselves. Or you see, you see, you see something tragic happen. The scales got to be balanced. And when you walk in life, understanding that, that it's a balance. Like, what do you want to add? Do you want to add negativity to the world? Do you want to add positivity to the world? What you want to do? And it's about, it's about that, that personal decision. And once you do make that decision, you got to follow through in everything you do. Make it make sense. There's a big responsibility in doing what we do. This is the reason why I pay homage to the poets. Create a platform and paying homage to spoken word because I believe in it. I believe that the power of spoken word is something that can rectify what's going on in our community. Because it's the power of spoken word that got us in this situation. That suggestive power. Hip hop, I always say that hip hop wasn't always negative. Hip hop wasn't associated, initially wasn't associated with violence. That was deliberately done. You got culture vultures. You got culture vultures who come into the culture with the sole intention of destroying it. Go back in the days and look. Look at the raps, what they used to rap about back in the days. Go back into like the the late, like 79, 80, 81, 82. Look at the rap. Look at the, the things people would rap about. The rappers. I'm talking about the mainstream rappers, the one that was, I'm not talking about the underground rapper. I'm talking about the ones that was mainstream, the ones that everybody knew about. The Big Daddy Kane, you know what I'm saying? The Eric B and Rakim. You know, this was this was considered more so mainstream. You know, hip hop itself was was underground, but in hip hop, these was the mainstream artists. Listen to what they rapped about. Queen Latifah, Moni Love, De La Soul. Listen. Listen to listen to the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Cool Mo D. Listen to the lyrics and then listen for the switch. Listen for the switch. Listen when the 90s start, started to progress, how it, it became a, a, a thing where if you wasn't talking about gang banging or if you wasn't talking about, you know, you know, drinking on drinking on 40 ounces and 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 and, yo, I went back. Right. This shit is crazy. I went back. I used to listen to N.W.A. when I was a kid. I remember because I remember I bought the bootleg uh, 100 miles and running. 
I had all they see, all they they tapes, they cassettes at the, at that time. But I remember 100 Miles and Running, uh, I think Niggas for Life, you know, straight out of Compton. You had, you know what I'm saying? You had all these different tracks. But I went back, right? It was this one track that I went back and I was listening to because I remember I used to always sing it when I was a kid. I thought it was funny. I thought, you know what I'm saying? It was one of my favorite joints. And I went back and listened to it as an adult, as the man I am today. And I was like, oh, snap. I'm like, wow. If you guys, if you don't believe me, go and listen to that song. It's called She Swallowed It by N.W.A. Y'all listen to that. And then y'all hit me up, man. Y'all hit me up in the uh in the email you know what i mean y'all give me y'all comments y'all break that and, and tell me and tell me am i bugging am i bugging but this i'm like how did this record clear how did this record get itself on on uh uh, uh a cassette that was distributed massively to people of color to everybody but you know, these are people who look like us saying things like these, things like this, and it has an effect. Oh, this is this is in me, too, because he looked like me and he's saying these things. So I got to assume the position. But you would see how it was deliberately done, how they deliberately took hip hop, deliberately took hip hop and corrupted it. Something that was pure in this in, in this grassroot form. Something that was honest, something that was us, something that was culture. They took it and destroyed it. Destroyed it. So now when you hear hip hop, you hear hip hop associated with violence. Hip hop is associated with bitches and hoes. Hip hop is associated with drug dealing. You dig what I'm saying? Hip hop is 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 associated with disrespect of black women. It's something that we got to think about, and it's also something that we perpetuate. You know, something that was initially started, but now is self perpetuating. It's something that we now want and long for. You remember the first time you took your first pull of a cigarette? It was disgusting. Your eyes got watery. You got a head rush. You, you know what I'm saying? You felt like you wanted to throw up and all that. That was the, that was your body. That was that nicotine going into your body for the first time and your body rejecting it. But you wanted to look cool. Your body was giving you the the whole the whole defense mechanism telling you giving you the red alert. Look. Stop. This is poison. No, don't don't mess with this. But your overall desire to want to be cool, want to be down, you over, you know what I'm saying? That was a system override. You was like, nah, I got this. And then you did it another time. And every time you did it after that, it became more easy and easier till you became a pro. You knew how to smoke. Now that you knew how to smoke, you cool now. Everybody know you smoke, but now you got a dependency on it. Now, when you wake up in the morning, you want that cigarette. You're not doing it for the gram. You're not doing it to be cool. You doing it because you want that cigarette. 
and you see how they attach being cool with cigarettes to get everybody hooked on it. The power of suggestion. You know, you got to look cool. James Dean was cool. He always had a pack of cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve. Frank Sinatra was cool. He always smoked a cigarette. Sammy Davis Jr., he was cool. He always smoked a cigarette. Jerry Lewis, he was cool. He always had the cigarette in his mouth. It's cool. This is what they do. You dig what I'm saying? This is what they do. This is the same power, same power we talking about. The power of suggestion to suggest something that's going to be positive or to suggest something that's going to be negative. I was just talking, right? Uh, I was having a conversation and I was talking about Popeye. And I was like, yo, when I was a kid and I first saw Popeye, it had me wanting to, to eat spinach. Right? Like I was like, yo, I want some spinach. I remember this vividly. When I was a kid, I seen Popeye, I think I was probably like five, maybe five or six. And I seen Popeye, I remember I seen the movie, it was a movie, um, Popeye the movie with Robin Williams. You know what I'm saying? With Robin Williams and he was eating spinach. He didn't want to eat the spinach, but when he ate the spinach, he got real strong and all that. And then you watch the cartoon, every time Popeye ate the spinach, he said, oh, he get all strong. And I said, y'all want some spinach. My idea of spinach, I thought spinach was going to be more likened to cake or candy. I thought it was going to be something like that because I was like, yo, Popeye loves spinach. Get him strong, you know, because the idea in my head was spinach is something good. And I know candy is good. Cake is good. So it's going to taste like that. So I wanted some spinach. I watched Popeye. And I was like, I went to my mom. I was like, I want some spinach. I want to eat some spinach like Popeye. My mom said, you want some spinach? I was like, yeah, I want some spinach. She said, all right. <laughs> she made some spinach. And when I tasted it, I was like, ah. Oh. I was like, oh, I don't like spinach. You know what I'm saying? But I, but I, but I ate it. I wanted it. I wanted it. And now as a chef, as a chef, knowing the versatility of spinach and so many things spinach can do. Oh, so many things, so many different recipes dealing with spinach. You know, the flavor profile of spinach, how it inhabits whatever you you pair it with and things of that nature. So many different possibilities with spinach. As a person with some type of knowledge, I understand the benefit of it. I know there's a health benefit of eating spinach, but I have the knowledge to make it taste really good. Just like spoken word can be just as entertaining as that, the, the music that they use and flood the radio stations to, to, to put us in this low frequency thinking spoken word can do that. So it should be a point in time where people should want it. It should be a demand for it. We shouldn't always want to just crave the things that's going to kill us. I said in a poem one time, I said, sold the ingredients to your demise at discount prices. Sold 
the ingredients to your demise at discount prices. And when I was writing that, I was thinking about, you know, when we look in our communities, you see nothing but everything that that's destructive to us as 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 black people. Black people suffer with heart disease. Black people suffer with diabetes. Black people, you know, we, we suffer with, you know, alcohol abuse, you know, and these are the things that's that's rampant and that's plentiful in our communities. Why? So when I wrote that, I'm, I'm like, you know, this is the things that we take. We take our money, you know, and we, we purchase these things. We're purchasing the things that's going to eventually kill us. And then they tell us, yo, look, look, check it out. I'm going to give you a discount on it. I'm going to give you a discount on the thing that's going to kill you. Come on. You see him out here. Cigarettes cost $16, $15 in the store. You got somebody selling them outside of the store for $5. Yo, I got it for you. I got it for a fraction of the price. Sold the ingredients to your demise at discount prices. Something to think about. The overall purpose. The overall purpose of our of the uh, of the reason why we write, or the reason why, you know, we even approach a pen and paper, is to inspire change. This is the reason why I write. This should be the reason why you write. And collectively, we can make change. Ain't nothing wrong with getting your pen, getting your pen sharp, but you got some swagger bars, cool. But it should be an aim with your work. Some form of aim. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta create change in our communities. The same way that they created a certain type of environment with the music that we listen to, that they put on repeat, we gotta know and understand they have a, a particular agenda, you know, designed for us, and we can throw a monkey wrench in it, but we gotta get on the same page. And I believe that the poets. The poets, they are instrumental in making this change happen. And in order for us to do that, we have to approach our work with some form of responsibility, some form of accountability. Let's inspire each other to be greater. Let's inspire each other to be greater. There's enough out there. There's enough uh, material or work out there that's that's inspiring us to be to be in our lower vibrations, our lower self. Let us aspire to our higher self. And if you say that you're an artist, you're an artist. You say you're a poet. Then write. Write with meaning, write with substance, write with sentiment, write with purpose. 
right with purpose. Alright, we're gonna have a couple of messages from our sponsors. We'll be back. Hello, this is William S. Peters Sr., aka Just Bill from Interchild Press International. First, I must say we at Interchild Press are proud to support my brother Daniel Green, aka Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Interchild Press International offer to you his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.innerchildpress.com. Thank you. And now, Two Cents with Written in Pain. Cohabitation. Fellas, there's some truths that we got to deal with, right? I mean, so you meet her, right? She's fucking hot. Face like bling, body like pal, bootay like hello. And she's into you and you into her. and it's, 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 The whole relationship is like a music soul child album. So you like, I can't be without this woman. I'm going to wake up and see her shoes next to my shoes. I don't want her shoes nowhere else, but next to mine. And she, you know what happened? She wants her shoes next to your shoes too. And you guys move in and whoo, whoo. Do you remember, fellas? Do you remember spontaneous professionals in the shower? Waking up to bootay. You ain't even brush your teeth. You ain't even brush your teeth. Bootay. Remember she used to wear that little thing for you and I used to walk by and used to go, mm, come here, girl. And she used to come. Hold on. When you used to say, come here, girl, she would come. So what happens? Want to start a family? Pop out a few mini me's. Pop out a few more. But somewhere along the way, Man, the vagina's on yield. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is it just me? The vagina's on yield. This thing's slower than a turtle carrying luggage. And I mean, you're having conversations about it. But it's minimized because there's bigger fish to fry. We got kids to raise. We got bills to pay. Ain't nobody think about your penis. But what happens? When did your penis not become this, 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 this thing to be admired, to be caressed, held, kissed even? Now it's just looked at as a baby-making, death-destroyer, life-changing tool of mass destruction. 
and you're every horny hard on against her thigh. All she hears is, mommy. And that thing turned to the Sahara Desert. I'm making this because I had a summit with some of my brothers because I thought I stood alone. I thought I stood alone. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought there was something wrong with her. I thought there was something wrong with our house. I had a summit with my brother. I had a correlation with my brothers. And I found out that vagina drying up all over the world. We need to stand up. You know, a long time ago, a million men got together in Washington, D.C. Right around the Washington Monument, which looks like a penis, and stood for justice. But I think it's time for us to come together again and stand for something else because we're standing. We're standing every morning. We're standing every night. And who cares? Who cares? Do they care? We got to embrace each other. Not in that way. But we got to hold each other down. We got to be able to have conversation with each other, brothers. We can't be shy about this. You need a shoulder to cry on. You need to be able to have your brother talk to you like, what's what's wrong, man? I took a blue pill. And some of that stay up, honey, they got in the corner store with my last $10. I was ready. Smoked me a little horny goat weed. I was ready. She said tonight was going to be the night. I pre-gamed. I prepared. And she... Said she had a headache. So here at Spoken Soul Sessions, we are creating a hotline. It will be 1-800-888-SHIT-DRY. 1-800-888-SHIT-DRY. You can either request myself or Poetic Black, who I'm sure has his own queries about cohabitation. Brothers, we here for each other, even when she ain't here for you. Come to us, because we know you can't come to her. That's my two cent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Another two cents with written in pain. Uh, So, yeah, man. Let us write with purpose. Let us write with some form of, you know, understanding that, uh, you know, we have a moral obligation. You know, we have a duty that when we pick up this pen, that we should do it in a way that's going to inspire for, for, for greatness or inspire people to be better. Anybody can swagger jack. Hold yourself accountable and let's hold each other accountable. All right. I need you guys. I need you guys to listen to the sound of my voice. This is that part in the show where I want to leave my audience with some form of inspiration, some form of encouragement. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, I want you to know 
that you, you, you are validated. The struggle starts today. The struggle is always here. It's no longer a struggle when you know it's coming. We're prepared. Today is the day that we come to terms that we got work to do. If we put it off, nobody's going to do it for us. We got work to do. And if you don't know anything, if you don't know anything about me, I want you to understand one thing. Understand that I love you. And I hope, I hope you love me too. Peace.